0: no stories for the young at heart this morning we're having we're we're, you know we're getting back into being in the building and figuring out all the little technical details so um, you're not going to get to hear that story because I don't have that book Uh, it was one I just learned about this week so you're going to have to read your Monday email and I will put a link to the story in there and you can listen to it then because I know you know that's something you've come to look forward to right uh, I, I know maybe it seems silly sometimes to not have a lot of kids, but to still do that. But there's a way in which like art and story tap into our, our other other side of our brain, you know, like left brain, right brain kinds of things. And so I love that the images that we get to contemplate and the stories we get to hear um, how that engages us. So I'll let you watch that video this week and then tell me what you think it had to do with the sermon so you can be surprised by that. Um, A few other things I wanted just to highlight um, the Ash Wednesday service that Sarah mentioned there are some little flyers like this over here and if you know anyone else who you think might benefit from that please take those that's and we're inviting you know all the one center the community anyone who would like to come in on Ash Wednesday and just kind of um, begin the Lenten season in in prayer and contemplation Um, this tells you know where it's at and what's happening so feel free to grab one of those also um, the March April upper room is available now and so we've got some of those over there. take take some, give them out to people. There's a few of the February ones left. We're kind of almost done with those but if you you know know someone that can use them, feel free to take those as well. So yeah, we uh, we are coming up here on the season of Lent which I can hardly believe it starts this coming Wednesday uh, probably since the last time we were gathered here it was end of advent right so time flies uh, but today is a special sunday in the church it's called transfiguration sunday and so you'll see that we have the white altar cloth out today um, and that the Alleluia is here do you remember um, in ash wednesday last year we did something where we buried the Alleluia? we had these little cards and we stuck them in the sand well we're going to take down this altar cloth and you're not going to see it again until easter you're not going to hear hallelujahs so you're not going to see them until easter comes uh, and if you enjoyed those uh, activity bags, um, we are going to have those again this year, and those will be available to pick up on Wednesday if you're here for Ash Wednesday. I put out a few in the little library area. If you know you won't be here next Sunday for some reason, um, and, or if you can't make it on Wednesday, feel free to grab one today. There is a devotional that's not in there yet, but um, if, you, if you know that you won't be able to be here and you want to make sure to start that with us, um, I did put a few out. Um, Thanks to Diane Crocker for for, um, helping assemble those for us this week. So, all right, well, let me pray, and we'll get into our text today for Transfiguration Sunday. God, we thank you um, that you have revealed yourself to us, that you have shown us your glory, God. Help us to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts that are open to what you want to say to us today. So, um, it's Transfiguration Sunday, and so um, I'm going to read two New Testament texts to us today. The first one is from Luke 9, 28 to 36. And this is the text that um, is uh, one of the gospel narratives of the transfiguration. It comes from Luke 9, 28 to 36. This is near the end of Jesus' ministry as he is um, getting ready for his final trip into Jerusalem um, and what would be his final days there. It says this, starting in verse 28. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountaintop to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving, Jesus, Peter, said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. You can tell Peter didn't write this, right? This was written by Luke. And while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as, uh, as they entered the cloud. And a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. I always think that's interesting, right? Like, probably because they didn't know how to talk about it or they thought people might think they were crazy, right? That's. That's the sideline that's not in here. But at that time, they didn't talk about what they had seen. I can only imagine. That was quite the sight. Uh, And then I want us to hear from uh, the Apostle Paul today in his uh, book to the the Corinthians, the second book to the Corinthians. Uh, And this is 2 Corinthians 3, 12 to 18, as we continue to hear about the glory of God. It says this, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day, the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit, And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. The word of the Lord. So, Transfiguration Sunday, the Sunday that, that uh, is between our, the season of Epiphany that we just finished and the season of Lent that we are moving into. Uh, did you know, I found this out this week, the word transfiguration, it's, it, this long, strange word, it, it really is used only in this story in the New Testament. Um, the dictionary definition refers exclusively to the story. Now, there are some synonyms. Um, in some ways that maybe people have appropriated the word now, but it means, you know, a change in form or appearance or an exalting, glorifying, or spiritual change. There's there's really nothing like it, right? A, A human body, like Jesus, who is God, but in human form, being transfigured into glory before the eyes of his disciples in that place, right? So it makes sense that this Sunday, Transfiguration Sunday, is at the end of the season of Epiphany. Because in Epiphany, we've been talking about all this time how God has been and continues to be revealing himself, right? Um, we We have asked the question over the past several weeks, what is God revealing? How is God revealing himself? What do we see and how are we to respond We've remembered how God has revealed himself in the word, right? In scripture, that he has revealed himself in scripture and continues to reveal himself in scripture. That God has revealed himself in Jesus, the word made flesh. Uh, and also in the Holy Spirit's revelation that, that the spirit brings to us today. We, we've talked about how Jesus is the fullest revelation of God. That if we want to see what God is like, there are, there are many ways to do that. But Jesus is the best picture we have of what God himself is like he's the fullest revelation we have of god and so so jesus the fullest revelation of god we have we see in today's gospel passage we get the fullest glimpse of his glory prior to the cross and resurrection right prior to the resurrection we've seen jesus teaching he's been healing and and showing glimpses of his power and glory but this is a this is a big opening of of the veil right this is a big showing of power and glory Today, on Transfiguration Sunday, we, we celebrate this incredible epiphany of God made visible only to a few disciples, but recorded here for our benefit. We see in this, in this place, on this mountain, that, that this veil of separation between the physical world and the spiritual world, it's pulled back for, for just a few moments, right? For a short period of time, we see, we see Moses and Elijah, right, come to confer with Jesus. How crazy would that be? I mean, I mean, what kind of trouble would the disciples be in if they started telling people they had just seen Moses, right? That'd be a little hard to explain. It's a little hard to explain. Moses and Jesus are there talking, and Moses and Elijah and Jesus are there talking together, and then we hear God the Father speak from the cloud. What an incredible epiphany experience, right? What glory is on display to see you know, the patriarch, the prophet, the voice of God. I mean, this is, this is more of, of revealing of who Jesus is than these disciples have had. All these years they've been with him, just in this moment, this burst of glory, right? The, we, we hear about the light, like lightning. It's dazzling. It's overwhelming. And so, you know, in the, in the text we read this morning, Peter just starts talking crazy, right? He's like, well, let's build some tents, maybe stay here. Uh, you know, and then we hear that the, the, the disciples, they, they leave the mountain and they don't even talk about it because they don't know what to say they don't know how to say it they don't want to get him in, in trouble and they're they're maybe not even sure of what they saw how do they describe that this is sensory overload right like what what do they do what do they do and then in the second passage we read we see paul talking again about a veil that that keeps us from seeing glory so you know we see that in our world we aren't fully able to to see the glory of god um, but, God, but Paul says no longer is God hidden because Jesus Christ has been revealed and the Spirit has been poured out. God has made himself known in Jesus. And Paul says now the veil isn't over our eyes, but it's a veil that covers our hearts, that people's hearts are veiled to not see the truth that has now been made known. The good news is he says if we turn to the Lord, that veil is taken away. Now that is good news. And, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God has made himself known and offers us freedom. If we but turn to him, we can be released from the bondage of our own blindness and have the veil on our hearts lifted. So I want to contemplate today this last verse in the Second Corinthians passage as we think about uh, the, glory, the transforming glory of God. It says this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. I want to talk today about about the glory of God and how it relates to revelation, contemplation and transformation. We see those in this text today. So revelation, you know, this has been our focus over the past eight weeks. We've been talking about the revelation of God in Scripture, in Jesus, the revelation of of God in the Holy Spirit, and in the glory in this passage we read. And something I want to remind us about the revelation of God is that it is something that is only initiated by God. God reveals himself to us. He takes that step. He is the initiator. We cannot force revelation, right? We can't cause revelation. We can only observe and encounter it. It is the gift of God to us that he chooses to reveal himself to us. So we thank God that he has revealed himself, that he is giving us his revelation. And so contemplation, we see in the verse here, and so when we encounter God, when we encounter the revelation of God, we want to linger there, right? We want to linger in that space and contemplate it. Have you ever encountered God in a special space, in a special time. Maybe it was a special church service, often maybe for people that could be a Christmas Eve service that was particular, particularly memorable, or maybe an Easter morning service where God just met you in a special way. I, as I thought about this week, several instances came back to mind for me, different, you know, your mind just kind of takes you to different services or places you've been where you've just felt the Spirit um, or heard the Spirit in a special way. For me, um, the Ash Wednesday service that that was the right after Aiden was born, which is now coming up on five years ago, was an especially meaningful service to me. I was at a difficult point in life, and at that Ash Wednesday service um, I visited, I remember just hearing from God in a special way. So maybe there are things like that that come to mind for you, places where you've been especially grateful or especially in need, and God's met you in those spaces maybe uh, for people who went to camp as teens like that's often a place or retreats maybe a special retreat that you went to i know i've heard from some of you that a walk to emmaus experience has been a special place where you have encountered god and um, have made special memories there is it hard to leave those places in those times where we have those times of revelation Maybe like in that song in the garden, you know, the you want to tarry there, right? You know, the song talks about like going to the garden in that space where we meet with God. You guys know that song, right? I go to the garden alone while the dew is still in the roses. And then the joy we have as we tarry there, none other has ever known, right? Like when we're in that place and we're seeing and experiencing the revelation of God, we want to tarry there, right? We want to stay there. I think that's how Peter felt, right? When he was like, let's build some tents. Let's, you know, camp out here a while. Why go back down the mountain when right here is where things are happening, right? Uh, this is where we get the, the phrase, the mountaintop experience, when, to describe this kind of thing where we're in a special place where we hear from God. But we can't stay on the mountain. We can't contain the glory of God. Uh, like, like the song by Rodgers and Hammerstein, you can't, you can't keep a wave upon the sand, right? These things just come and go. Uh, God's God's spirit comes and we can't hold on to it. But yet when when you're in that place, we can choose to stop and pause and contemplate God in that place. This is the importance of listening to God in prayer uh, and why we leave silence even in our corporate prayer times here. Because yes, we can come to him with our needs, but we need to make time and space in prayer to listen and to contemplate his glory. We're not to stay there, right? We're meant to experience that contemplation and and the transformation to go back out into the world. But we can be thankful uh, for time and space to contemplate the Lord's glory in those times of revelation. And so lastly, transformation. We see in this verse here that we are being ever transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Question for you. Who do you look like? Is there someone that you resemble maybe uh, a parent or a assembling uh, have you ever looked in the mirror and said why is that why is my mom looking back at me right or maybe my dad or you know you want you just one minute you look like yourself the next minute you see another uh, someone else's eyes looking back at you and you're like wait a minute um, what happened there uh, what about your, your spouse have you ever noticed uh, the phenomenon over time where do people ever say like p- spouses start to look alike over time, right? You ever notice that with like a couple that like, they didn't look alike at the beginning, but like as they, as they spend time together, that, that look starts to kind of, uh, they start to resemble each other more and more. This is actually a research phenomenon, like, like uh, scientists have studied. Why is it that, that some couples tend to look more alike as time goes by? Um, there's you know, some different theories, but uh, what about this? Has anyone ever seen 101 Dalmatians? Do you remember the scene? Uh, I took these snapshots from that where all these dogs and their dog owners uh, seemed to have some characteristics in common. Uh, So I found those images and I found this image too uh, of dogs and their owners, right? Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Why is that, right? Why is that? Well, there's maybe a number of reasons, but we tend to become like those who we spend time with, right? They affect us. We are affected by the, the people and that we surround ourselves with, the circumstances that we find ourselves in. We pick up traits. We pick up mannerisms. We, we pick up quirks. Uh, we pick up habits from those that are around us. It's important to think about who we're surrounding ourselves with. And so, like the people who influence us, right, also spending time with God is meant to have a transforming effect on who we are. Beholding God. Praying, contemplating, sitting in his presence, it begins that process of transformation, right? Now, Paul intimates here that, that for most of us, this is a gradual process, right? It's not a lightning bolt where we're transformed overnight. Now, for, I mean, if anyone would know Paul, he would know, right? He knows what, what, a, 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 what a dramatic transformation looks like. And he was lucky enough to experience that um, as, as he was transformed from Saul to Paul. But he recognizes here that for most people, that's not their experience, right? It's an ever-increasing glory, an ever-increasing transformation as we behold Jesus and slowly allow him to do his transforming work in our lives. You'll have to listen to the story we read today and see what that tells you, or that we didn't read, but that I'll put in the email, that see what that tells you about the process of transformation and how that happens. And so, you know, I, I believe and I understand that we are a people that God has been working in and that he, are peop- the, that he longs to continue to do that transforming work in us, right? And I long for us to be people who, who create space for God to show up and allow that transforming work to be done. And I know that's your heart, too. I know that's why you're here today, right? I know you to be a people filled with compassion and concern for the world around us, I know you to be a people filled with a love for God and a desire to serve others, And and a desire to see that others would have that veil on their hearts lifted, right, that they could also see and encounter him. And I know you to be a people who are gradually, day by day, experiencing the transformation of God. Now that transformation, as I've said, it's not just for our own benefit, right, but it's to equip us For the mission that he is calling us to god has work for us to do in the world and it's not work to be done in our own strength in our own power out of out of just who we are but out of the transformation that he is doing and so like the first disciples and all the disciples that have come after all the disciples that have come after we have a calling to fulfill i believe that god has a calling and a mission for first church of the resurrection I believe that God has a calling and a mission for each one of us here. But I believe that God is calling us first to a season of prayer and contemplation. And it it works out well that this is the season of Lent that we're calling us to, right? Because in the season of Lent, and I think that God is calling us to this in in a new way this year, that I think God is calling us to a season of seeking his revelation, sitting in contemplation, and experiencing transformation, God is calling us to a season of seeking his revelation, sitting in contemplation, and experiencing transformation. Like we've said, this coming Ash Wednesday is the beginning of the 40 days of Lent. And so this Ash Wednesday, I, make, I, I love our chapel space. It is such a wonderful space that we have here. Um, and just appreciate all that's been done to make that available. But we are going to have that available throughout the day, like I said. And as, as it says on those little purple sheets, Um, And there will be some things people can do to come in and encounter God, to pray there. Uh, Like I said, JR and I will be available at set times um, from 8 to 9 in the morning, from 12 to 1 in the afternoon, and then 5 to 6 in the evening for those that want to receive ashes. We'll also be sending home those Lent bags uh, with you so that you can uh, continue to experience some of these things at home and have prayer prompts as you are at home. But not just this Wednesday, but um, we would love to designate every Wednesday in Lent as a special day of focused prayer for our church community. So every Wednesday in Lent, we are going to have the chapel open and set up as a prayer room. Now, you are welcome to come here and pray any day of the week uh, that the building is open. Um, You are always welcome there, but uh, we are going to make sure that it is set up specifically for a space for prayer on Wednesdays, and would love to invite you to come take time to pray on wednesdays come and pray for our community come and pray for our world come and pray for your loved ones who are far from jesus come anytime on wednesday and set a time set aside time to pray And if you would like to come and pray together with others, we're going to have a time at noon each day that we will uh, do a time of corporate prayer together. So if you are available at noon on Wednesdays, um, all the Wednesdays in Lent, we would love to invite you to come and be part of of praying together in a group. If you can't pray at that time, maybe you can set aside the noon hour at home to, to be engaged in a special time of prayer if you are at home or at your workplace. Um, But if you're available and can come at noon, um, we'd love to do that. Um, But if noon isn't the time for you, um, please come sometime on Wednesdays. We'll have different places where you can put prayer requests there, where you can pray for prayer requests that other people have left um, and do some different things each week to engage us more fully in prayer. So I challenge us, can we take some time, some intentional time, to seek the Lord this Lent, to pray this Lent, to pray together together, And to pray separately but to seek God for his revelation to sit with him in contemplation and allow him to to work the work of transformation he wants to do in our lives guys there there are so many things in this world that we can't change and that drives me crazy every day right there are things that I wish I could change but we can't but we can pray we can be a church of prayer we can be a church that is praying for our city A church that is praying for our world and we can see god do great things through that i'm believing that god will do things in and through us as we seek him over the next 40 days and i pray that our contemplation of his revelation will bring transformation in our lives and form us for our mission in the world let's pray god we are so grateful that you have chosen to reveal yourself to us that you have lifted the veil of our hearts and that you have made known your your nature through the outpouring of the holy spirit and in the person of jesus christ and in the words we have of scripture we are so thankful god for that revelation and we just come today just to contemplate that to contemplate your glory and to thank you for that we pray as we make time today and the sundays and and wednesdays and every day um, of this coming Lenten season God, would you meet us there? Would you work your transformation in us? And would you use our prayers to bring transformation to the world around us? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Noticing our closing hymn together, Be Thou My Vision, number 562. Please stand as you are able.